From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Our guests today are the Black Rogues and Roguery Dube, a traditional Irish music, storytelling, and dance group founded by Joe Perry. There is a traditional Irish music duo based in County Kildare, Ireland by the same name. This is not those guys. These are the Utah Black Rogues. Joe Perry, Ilan Pipes, and Boron Whistle. Tiffany Draper plays flute and fiddle. Sharon Nielsen, fiddle. Colin Jensen, whistle and low whistle. We'll talk about the difference. I think you can figure that out. Matt Mon, Boron, and Ed Riding, mandolin. All traditional Irish tunes. They performed at the Covey Center for the Arts in Provo, the Timpanoga Storytelling Festival, well-known around the nation. And they play an annual St. Patrick's Day concert for free at the Orem Library. They even do Celtic Christmas shows at Christmas time, including we were very much privileged to have them play the BYU Broadcasting Christmas Dinner and Party this year. This first set of Irish tunes includes their namesake song and Roguery Dube. Here we go with Cliffs of Dunene, Swallowtail Jig, and Roguery Dube, and the Pipe on the Hob.
Roguery Dube, the Black Rogues performing Cliffs of Dunin, Swallowtail Jig, and Roguery Dube, and the Pipe on the Hob. Joe Perry is the founder of the group, plays the Illin Pipes, a little bit of Boron today. His daughters are Irish dancers, and he teaches at the Walden School of Liberal Arts, also the pipe major of the Thomas Cordner Pipe Band. Joe, thank you for coming and bringing the group. Ah, thanks for having us down. Full disclosure, I'm proud to say you're my cousin. Yay! Too. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk later about why you're more Irish than me. Uh-oh. How did you manage that, uh, lad? I'll so, tell you in a bit. <laughs> so the Illin Pipes at one point were almost extinct. There were like only 100 pipe players left. Yes. They're a little different than the Scottish pipes that you see in parades that are very loud. And so, of course, we're on the radio, but I sit and pump these with a, with a bellows. A lot of the pipers during the famine left Ireland. A lot of people mm. left Ireland, and a lot of the pipes ended up in New York and different places, and it really almost died out. And there was a group in Ireland that, small but enthusiastic, that just didn't want to let that happen. And amazingly enough, it's called Napibri Illin, and they have um, now their own building. Um, they teach people how to make reeds. They do workshops. And even though it's maybe the electric guitar of the 18th century you know we use that we connect with them through the internet so it's amazing how much technology is used to learn tunes and different parts of ireland even might play a tune slightly different and it just you know a little bit different flavor and they've done an excellent job of getting it and now there's pipers you know i've even heard of people playing them in africa you know so they're so it's really come back from extinction. Yeah, yeah, it was almost died out. The endangered species of instrument list. Yes, and, you know, the, the Scottish bagpipes, you only get nine notes. People don't realize, mm-hmm. so they do a lot of... But these, these Irish pipes, you get a second octave, and so you can play more with fiddles, and you can do more with them musically. So it's it's great that they didn't die out, and the sound is absolutely brilliant. When the, when the weeds are working, they sometimes don't like the dryness of Utah. So, so I heard you actually got to play one of these. It was really old. Yeah. Like pre-famine. Yes, yes. I actually got my hands on a pre-famine set. A really awesome piper came through Utah named David Powers, and he brought with him a chanter, which is the part that you play on, that was very much pre-famine, and no one knew how to read it. I mean, they just it was handed down by very famous mm. pipers, and they actually gave it to him, and he figured out how to read it. So I asked him, can I, can I give it a go? thinking he'd probably say no. He says, yeah, sure. And he strapped him right on me, and that was fantastic. So, <laughs> Over 200 years old. Yeah, yeah, I was holding a piece of history. <laughs> so, so we've seen, speaking of history, we see that you have a history of inviting lots of people over to sit around your living room. We've seen pictures and videos. Like I think we counted 13 people. That's just the ones playing the instruments. Right. <laughs> the culture of session playing in the Irish tradition, um, we build a village, really. We, we invite people over. And so a few times a year, at my house in Orem, we all got together in the living room, just mashed together and made tunes until finally I just kicked them out, you know, and said, it's time to go to sleep. And that part wasn't on the video. Yeah, but... no, it wasn't. They, they can go. I mean, they, So how are the neighbors with this? They love it. In fact, I, the other day I was walking out to my car and I had a neighbor that just moved in. He didn't know me. He yells, neighbor. And he comes running to me. He said, I heard bagpipes. I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I have a fiddle. So I got very excited. And he goes, but I haven't played it for a long time and I need to, to learn how to play it again. And I said, as soon as you're ready, come over, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, they, they're good with it. They're really good with it. Give us a quick description of founding the group and choosing that song, The Black Rogue. Well, I would be playing these Irish pipes before the Scottish pipe band practice. They would say, what are those? And I said, oh, they're Ealing pipes. And, and then one guy says, well, I play the violin in my school orchestra. I go, now you play the fiddle. You know? <laughs> and so he would bring his fiddle. And then someone else goes, I, I know a little bit on the whistle. And, so someone, and pretty soon it just happened. And then we had one guy in our bagpipe band who worked at the dentist office and he was working in somebody's teeth and they were they started talking about music and he, and how in Springville High School they had a little a club that they played folk music they really liked the Irish stuff and all of a sudden I had four people walk in my my place with fiddles and barons and guitars and people have come and gone but it's been really funny how and really nice how I just never know what's going to happen because that's the short story. <laughs> Well, good. Let's hear some more. We're going to hear a a couple of sets here. You're sort of already strapped in, it looks like. It's like you carry your seatbelt with you here. So we're going to hear uh, the Black Road with a pair of pieces, the Butterfly and Fox Hunters.
pair of tunes by the Black Rogue and Roguery Dube. We'll give you a website at the end of this because I think you're going to want to learn more about them, hear more great music. Here's another set. These have really good titles. We've managed to leave out most of the ones about And I Dance Merrily on Your Grave, those kind of titles. But we do have one of my favorite titles at the end. Here are Father Kelly's, The Banshee, and Scary. Father Kelly's The Banshee and Spudiscary. 
You're listening to Highway 89 coming to you live from Studio 6 at BYU Broadcasting. Tiffany Draper has been described on one blog as a jack-of-all-trades in the Celtic community, playing everything from Irish drum to flutes to whistles and, yes, even the fiddle. Tiffany, thank you for coming. Well, thanks for having us. So which of these was first? Which instrument? Um, Boron, actually. I learned Boron first. You don't sign up for the local Boron lesson, right? How no. do you do this? You just It's kind of a funny story. So um, I had been introduced to Irish music through Riverdance. My friend in junior high, she made me watch it at a sleepover. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Riverdance? What is this? But it was the music that caught my attention. So I started listening to it for about 10 years and decided I wanted to learn how to play it. I got a, a tin whistle. I didn't really know how to play it. But I saw on the local morning news show one day, there was a guy playing the Boron with this Irish band. I said, I got to find this guy. So I emailed the um, band through their website, and I'm like, hey, who is this guy, and how can I um, find him and hook up with him to take some lessons? So they actually passed his information along to us, and he plays with us in, on, on Rogery. He's not here tonight, but that's how I started. Nice. <laughs> can never hurt to ask. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so much unison going on in these tunes. Right. So you have multiple fiddlers, you have whistles, you've got the pipes, all on this unison melody. So yes. if someone's not there... You're going to hear it. You're, yeah, you really <laughs> do. And I think maybe that's a deceptive thing. People don't know how tricky that is. It is. It is tricky. Part of the charm of it is, though, that if you're not exactly in tune, yeah, you can hear it. But it's okay. It's traditional music. It's it's played for fun. And it's, it's okay. You just say, I'm playing the traditional tune. Sometimes we call it's it like... a variation. <laughs> Personal variation. <laughs> Well, you've played with the Utah Celtic group, Shanahi, Red Branch, the Dunmore Lasses, Stone Circle, the Fiddle Preacher, Bronwyn Beecher. Celtic groups seem to really be excited to share with each other. <laughs> yeah. We're not a huge community here. Mm -hmm. So when we find each other, we're excited to um, get together and play and work together as much as we can. If you had to give a speech, the state of Irish music in Utah, what would you say? It's growing. It's definitely growing. We started really small. I'm not an original Irish music community founder. I was kind of drafted into it. But yeah, I think it's growing. And a lot of it has to do actually with Joe here with his, he teaches an Irish class at the Walden School, I think. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of younger players now that are excited about the music. We're growing slowly, but we're growing. Well, I love that it started with river dance and then playing, because <laughs> when you hear this, you can't help but want to dance oh, yeah. to this music. So let's hear some more. We'll let you go ahead and take your place. Uh, Tiffany Draper we're talking to. We'll hear her today on fiddles, and also she'll be playing a, an Irish flute on one of them. Matt Mon is switching from Boron for this next piece to Whistle. The song is called Plinksty Fanny Powers. Thank you. 
Plinks to Fanny Powers, Ed Riding Switch for mandolin to guitar on that one, as well as Matt Mon from Bow Run to Whistle. Let's hear one more before we talk a little bit. This next piece is called The Brown Box. Box live on Highway 89, performed by Anne Rogery Dub, the Black Rogue. Colin Jensen is playing Whistle Today and Low Whistle. Colin, glad to have you here. Thanks. Whistle, Low Whistle, one just sounds like it must be bigger than the other. Yeah, that's all it is. It's, uh, it's an octave lower, and so that means it's about an octave bigger. So you can beat people with the low whistle, but probably not with the uh, regular <laughs> Irish whistle. enough damage with it. And I understand the Irish whistle, when you first started, it was very expensive. Oh, some of them are. I mean, you can buy, there's a range. You can buy like the cheapo $15 ones, or you can buy the specially ordered $200 ones. So it's a cheap thing to get started. But if you want a good whistle, you have to fork over some cash okay. for that. Okay. Well, I read about the $15 one. Oh, yeah. Are you, yeah. Still, are you still playing the $15 no, one? No, not quite the $15 ones. I'm working my way up to the $200, but it's, I'm playing like a $50 whistle right now. All so, right. Yeah. <laughs> and I understand that you started this by hearing a bagpipe band. That's how you got involved. Yeah, I'm, I'm in Joe Perry's uh, bagpipe band, the, the Scottish band. And, you know, they would jam you know, before practice. I'm like, that's really cool. I've always liked Irish music as well. So I went over to the store, I bought me a penny whistle, and it happens to have the exact same fingerings as the tenor sax, which I also play. And so it was really easy for me to transfer from the tenor sax over into the uh, penny whistle, believe it or not. And uh, so I just sat down with them and started jamming with them. And, and wow. then it was just a jam session at first, but eventually it's like, hey, Got a bunch of talented musicians. Might as well make a band out of this and perform for people. Same figure. So Charlie so. Parker could have been an Irish musician. If right? only he'd known. If only, if you know. Only. The bird could have been Irish, you know. <laughs> the bird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask about. I think it's so cool that everybody seems to like this music, to yeah. get into it and find some aspect about it. So yeah. tell me about performing for all different people. It's great because, you know, sometimes, you know, I TA a class here at BYU and I'll just pull out my whistle and play for the students. They always ask me, like, Colin, you're going to play an Irish song for us during lab today when we get started? And I'm like, sure. But it's such a fun uh, instrument to play. You know, you can just you can carry a penny whistle everywhere, maybe not the Irish pipes, but it's fun to see the crowd get involved. It's not like a concert where you do, you know, you're very prim and proper and you dress up and wear a tie to go. I love those concerts, too. I love classical music also. But here, it's just, it's fun, you know, the little kids will dance in front of the stage when we perform at the Orm Library and stuff, and it's nice. fun just to, to get the crowd going and interact with them. Okay, one, one question I have to squeeze in before we hear more music. Sure. We love to hear an accomplished musician, but before they're good, not everybody loves to hear them practicing. <laughs> so right. when you first start playing the bagpipes, 
I mean, do you have to go find a, a lonely place to start practicing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like your parents' basement is a good place. <laughs> Siberia, that's another one, you know. So, yeah, you, you start on the practice chanter, which is the thing that just has the, the fingerings on it. Uh -huh. You play on that. It sounds like a kazoo. It's the worst sounding thing ever. And then once you do that, then you take the, the pipes. For me, it was about a year between when I started learning the pipes to when I actually performed. Uh, for the penny whistles, like a month. So there's quite a big difference there. There's quite yeah, a difference big, in skill needed. Yeah, so. just the air, the breathing. Yeah. Good. Well, let's let you take your place. We're going to hear some more. I, I definitely remember a lady in, in my neighborhood once. Uh, we all knew that she had taken up the bagpipe. <laughs> One day we all just knew somehow. <laughs> so we're going about to hear a pair of pieces now called Sporting Pitchfork and Rambling Pitchfork. Live on Highway 89, we're listening to Anne Rogery Dube. We're about to hear another pair of pieces here, Maggie in the Woods and Sean Ryan's.
Maggie in the Woods, Sean Ryans. We're listening to all Irish music today, coming to you from Studio 6 at BYU Broadcasting. We have to talk one more time with Joe Perry, founder of this group. He has been playing the Illin Pipes, the Whistle, and Boron. I have to ask, Joe, you found out that you actually have some Irish roots. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And who doesn't? <laughs> well, I've eaten Lucky Charms, but I don't think it was enough. No, no. Uh, yeah, well, um, we're cousins, but I am the adopted one in my family. But I had a, a kind of a pull. You know, you kind of want to know who you are, where you came from a little bit. So I decided, well, uh, it'd be really nice to find my birth mother. Just to tell her I turned out okay. Not, I don't need a new mom or anything like that, but... Still haven't done that. I haven't found her anyways. But I went to where I was adopted through LDS Family Services. And um, they had a file. And um, the lady said, well, okay, we can give you some information. But you were born mm. in 1969. And before the you know late 70s, it was very hush-hush and very mm. closed. And but anyways, it said uh, father, Irish 100%. And then it said mother, Irish, English, French. And uh, my father was a musician of sorts. He played guitar and stuff. And my mom was a model. And then I also did the old uh, DNA test. Yes. It came back scientifically proven that I'm mostly Irish. So there Was you that before it. or after the music? You know, it's interesting. I was playing the Highland bagpipes for about 10 years, and I was tinkering with the whistle. Came across the Chieftains on PBS, you know, and just was blown away with the Eland pipes. And I thought, man, I'd love to play those, but who plays those, you know? So I'd been playing that music, and I, uh, I knew that I had mostly Irish in me. I met... Um, an Irish piper that was traveling through Utah, and they hooked him up into the Scottish game. So here I am in my kilt, holding my Highland bagpipes. And there's a guy named David Powers, who was the All-Ireland champion. I mean, he was an amazing player. I sat down, and I said, well, how do you get involved with these? And he said, well, here, put my set on. So he strapped his set on me, much to the dirty looks of now my new friends from the Salt Lake City Piping Club. They were like, what are you touching the <laughs> sacred pipes of David, you know? And I, and I said, how do you do a scale? And they were just rolling their eyes at me, you know, and I'm in my kilt and trying to make him work. And, and then I told him, I said, well, you know, I, I just found out that I'm mostly Irish. And he looks at me and he says, well, then, Joey, you have to play the pipes then, you know? And he, was, he got really serious. <laughs> and I, I said, oh, okay. So I thought, well, I better get on it then. Tell me about two different places that you end up playing. I think one is quite beautiful, and I have a real question about the other, which is you get to play for funerals. Yes. Is that the bagpipes, like Far Off, Amazing Grace? Um, well, I, today I played a funeral for a sheriff, actually, who died of natural causes, thank goodness. And I usually play my Scottish pipes at those. Mm -hmm. um, and I do play Amazing Grace, and I have some wonderful church hymns that I've transposed onto the Highland Pipes. But yeah, I got to do that today, actually. Well, so. it just adds something, something incredible to the atmosphere. But yeah. you also play for wakes. Yes. So let me ask, what songs do you play for wakes? Well, you know, was, my first wake, I have a friend named Brian. He called me on the phone one night at work. And he says, you got to come up, we're going to play Awake. Bring your pipes and come up. I said, oh, my goodness, you know, who's it for? And he said, I don't know. Just somebody said their dad was Irish, and he was a boxer. He named Irish Mike, and, he, and the family wants Irish musicians. So I got someone to cover work for me, and I drove to Salt Lake. And it was a Catholic wake, so they, they said a bunch of Hail Marys. And then we got up, we played, and we played some... Some sad stuff, but the Irish wake is also a celebration. Mm. And so we play some happy stuff, and we really started giving it a go. The widow, the four daughters just started dancing in front of us, and I had never seen anything like that. And I, we were, I mean, we were playing what we just played. They were holding hands, and they were dancing, and finally, the one sister, she opens our shirts. This is at a wake grabs our shirts and puts $100 bills down the front of our shirts and wouldn't take the money back. And we said, okay, that was nice. And... Uh, it was all new to me, so it was a special experience. Mm. So we, so yeah, we do we do wakes, and um, highly recommend the movie Waking Ned Divine. If you haven't seen that, you know, <laughs> you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'll never go in a phone booth again. <laughs> all I'm going to say about that. Okay. <laughs> so, let's hear some more music. We got to go out with some more, so we'll let you get hitched up there to the pipes. Two sets of pieces. The first one is called Earl's Chair and the Silver Spear. And Joe's going to, instead of the Illin Pipes on this, play the Boron. They're going to play whatever they play. And then we're going to enjoy and we'll announce after what happened.
This is Highway 89. I'm just over here smiling and madly tapping my toe, trying to quietly tap my toe. I may not be as rhythmically accurate as you guys, but what a great band. We're going to hear a little bit more music, another set, The South Wind, and then, of course, my favorite title of the night, The Hag at the Churn. Nice image there. <laughs> so here we go. South Wind, followed by the Haggett the Churn, who turned out to be much more appealing than I had pictured once I put a little uh, music with her. Thank you so much to Anne Ruggery Dube, the Black Rogue, for coming and playing. They all have fine Irish names, Joe, Tiffany, Sharon, Colin, Matt, and Ed playing for us tonight. More information about the group's latest projects and concerts is online at irishinutah.com. If you're listening at home, just cut part of the show and want to hear the first part, hear it again, or share it. And who would not want to do that? It's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online. For free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. 
And follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite, film direction by Abby Vance, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening. <laughs>